Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode 164 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted fresh right here in Iowa. I actually just got a shipment of Couchtown in, some of my favorite coffee I've ever had, and uh, I'm not making that up because I order it all the time. Recently, if you've been listening to the episodes, I ran out of Couchtown and I took too long to reorder it, so I was going through all this other coffee I had at my house and it was not what I wanted. So when I got the couch town in, I uh, just came in today. I made a pot right away. So gotta love me some couch town. You should check it out. Go to couchtowncoffee.com. Find a coffee you like, make an order. And when you do, let them know Audible Farm sent you and they'll give you 20% off. That's right. 20% off. Uh, I use it. <laughs> I use the same code. So check it out. Uh, couchtowncoffee.com. Thanks, couch town. This week, I'm sitting down with Lee Klett. Uh, I did not know Lee at all until I was playing a show at Copperhead in Stratford uh, with Jesse Wilson. Jesse Wilson had booked a full band show, so I was playing with him, and Lee was there. And we talk about that a little bit in the episode, but it was kind of cool because we took a break, and, and Lee was like, ah, I, you know, he plays. So it's like, well, get on up there and try something, you know? So he went up there and it was one of those things when he, as soon as he took the stage and started singing, I was like, oh, he's good. Oh, he's good. So, you know, as soon as the show was over, I was just like, yeah, you and me, we got to get together for a podcast and talk about this. And so that's what we did. We kind of talked about like the weird way we ended up meeting. It was like a happenstance. So it's kind of cool that uh, everything ended up being like really positive. We, we, Lee had come up and, and sang a couple songs with Jesse too. It was just wild. It was a crazy night. It was tons of fun. And I'm glad I got to sit down with Lee, you know, sitting down talking with him, found out a little bit of his background and, and he just realized, you know, he's just kind of a really fun guy, a really nice guy. And that's, it's nice to know there's nice guys out there. So, uh, hats off to Lee for being one of the nice guys. Uh, yeah, I guess I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I had a great time sitting down and talking with him. We had to get the episode in before he left for a gig. So, uh, it's, it might be a little bit shorter. I think it's actually about an hour, but, uh, so yeah, he had booked a gig the day that we had like the day of the podcast recording. And it was kind of crazy. Cause it's like, man, this guy gets bookings all the time. And it's true. Uh, if you check out his social media, we talk about that. Uh, they got bookings all over the place. So check them out anywhere in Iowa, even beyond. So it's kind of cool. Uh, this is episode number 164 with Lee Klett. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. Today I'm sitting down with Lee Klett. Lee, I met you at Copperhead Saloon in Stratford, Iowa, and it was kind of like a weird happenstance where, if if I remember correctly, we were both booked on the same show, and then we ended up kind of just splitting a little bit of time there, and um, it was awesome to be able to, like, watch you play, to be able to play with you. That's kind of like Jesse's thing, is he's like, hop in with my band and play with my band, or, like, bring someone else in and play lead guitar. He doesn't care. He'll, He'll give it all a whirl, so... There was there was so much talent there that night. Tank Anthony and his band was there. Yep. Um, and uh, well, I I'd, I'd met Tank a couple times, um, but I'd never met Jesse. I'd never met you or um, Owen, and I can't remember your um, drummer's name. Um, oh, yeah. But he was a, he was a sit-in for the yep. night, right? Yep. Yep. 
yeah he yeah. plays he plays in a punk band that i play in down in des moines uh shout out to clint wheelman uh filled yeah, in last yeah name. filled in for yeah. a night and did a darn good job it's pretty awesome you know so yeah hats off yeah, to him you, for doing that couldn't tell that he was a sit-in um he was pretty on there i mean you could tell there's a few songs that were a little fast um a, a few songs that um the ending was a little or you could really tell you were really deliberately trying to show him where to end the song yep yep <laughs> yeah i mean it that a lot of that comes from like playing at so many jam nights where you just kind of like you get used to the flow of things if it's a little fast or a little slow you kind of just go with it but yeah I, I mean i will agree it's it was to other musicians it was blatantly obvious we were like giving him the call sign like holding the guitar <laughs> way up like and, and, and here is the <laughs> end you know <laughs> all good man and um like i said if you guys hadn't said anything i never would have known he was not your full-time drummer so yeah good for him a good drummer is hard to come by and um one that can just jump in and play a bunch of stuff he's never played before i mean yeah i mean there's songs in our set i don't even think he's heard before you know he's primarily into like metal and rock and punk and things like that so i mean well, yeah there's there's songs in your set list that i had to sit and go I, th I think i've heard that song before yeah <laughs> that's what's crazy about jesse is he throws I mean, he throws it all at the wall. We're playing songs from the 50s till present day. We're playing everything from like old folk to old country to new country to rock to rap, R&B. It's kind of yeah, funny. The only, the only thing I don't think you guys covered was slow. I think everything was a nice, uh, crisp tempo, and it was it was good good dance all night long. Have you played at Stratford before? Yeah, I played there a handful of times. Uh, um, I've done, uh, solo stuff there. I've done, I brought my bass player up once and we did a duo thing. And then, uh, um, I've done solo full band, um, full band. That's a little bit of a drive for them. Um, I had a couple complaints cause it was like, uh, somewhere close to four in the morning before a couple of them got home, but Oof, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's rough, man. But uh well, per personally, I play music for a living, so oh, really? a little bit of travel never really bothers me. And if I have to get up at, you know, if I have to get up at seven o'clock in the morning after a night of playing, which has happened several times, I get up, do my thing. And then as soon as I can, I go back and take a nap. Yep. Because I'm. A <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. Like, I, didn't, I guess I didn't know you were a full time musician, but it makes sense. Um I mean, let me just say straightforward, uh, I'm going to be honest, and you don't have to be this brutally honest if you don't want to, but I've been to literally like thousands of local music shows with like probably 20,000, you know, 30,000 bands I've seen in my lifetime. I don't know, d different amalgamations of the same band and different lineups. And it's always kind of a crapshoot when somebody else gets on stage, you're like, I wonder how this is going to turn out. And so like, oh, yeah. when, so I mean, it's no offense to you, but when you hit the stage, I was like, man wonder if this is going to be any good. And you were so crushing it. And I mean, just absolutely crushing it. Like first song in, people are already out there on the dance floor. I'm like, God dang, this guy's good at singing. I mean, it was the full package. It was the full pack. And I was just blown well, away. <laughs> yeah. The, the first song that I sang when I was up there and did the solo while you guys took a break on the first song, somebody came up to me and I don't remember him um, from the last show I was there. But was, hey, can you play that Colby Cooper song you played uh, um, last time you were here? I'm like, yep. Dude, right on it. <laughs> that is so cool. Not only did somebody remember you, but they remembered a song that you played that made them feel a certain well, way. And Yeah, when, when the song's called Two Words, and I guess most of your listeners are going to be able to guess what those two words are, um, yeah, it's kind of memorable. So, <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. 
Um, yeah. yeah, I bet the listeners here could probably pick it up too. So, uh, <laughs> dude, it was so fun to see you get up there and play. And you were so courteous about, um, you know, because we went full band and we were kind of taking like the prime part of the booking. Um, right, right. Well, um, Mike, the owner, um, he shot me a message and was like, dude, I'm so sorry that we got double booked here. He said, but here's what I want to do. He said, you come up, hang out with me, drink, we'll have a good time, bring your guitar. Um, you can get up on stage and cover in between sets, or if you if um, everybody's cool with it, get up with her band. And he said he suggested that um, Jesse was cool with me getting up with the band. I'm like, well, I'll talk to him and see how they they are, and maybe it's something because I never know. I never, um, I mean, I've heard some names, but I've never seen you guys play because you guys yeah. are from a different area than I am. So yeah, and it comes uh, right back to what I was saying before. You don't know, you just don't know what the band's going to be like. So you gotta it's right. like I'll, I'll feel this out. Yeah, one one of the um your originals now see you guys um have been down to oscar and interviewed at uh kboe yeah jesse drove down there yeah yeah jesse jesse drove down there um and uh um and steve shetler the um dj there lives in my hometown oh cool uh, so we we know each other very fairly well um and uh um we're over there in the studio as often as we can we play on their um station almost daily that's cool. Um, if if not daily, but um, I can't remember the name of the song. But you got when you guys played, I'm like, I've heard that song. Was it River, was like River Road? Maybe. What's that? River Road? Maybe was the song. I don't know. Uh, something drinking. Um, uh, stiff drink. Stiff drink. That was it. That yep. was it. Stiff. Um, but I was like, man, I really dug that song, and it was with uh, um, I can't think of the other guy's name. Uh, Scott Kirkhart. Scott Kirkhart. Yeah. See ya. I'm, I knew I knew there was another artist involved in that too, but yeah, um, Jesse and I are planning on uh, getting together sometime and doing a little bit of writing because I write my own, oh, and yeah. uh, Jesse does some of his too. So, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, like all the music that we play that are original songs are Jesse's songs. Like he wrote them all himself. Maybe had like a couple people sit down and do like bounce ideas off of, but Jesse wrote them all. So um, even on the studio versions, a lot of times it's not even any of the musicians that are in his band that are playing on the studio versions. Cause he just pulls in studio musicians and whoever's free at the time. And sometimes we'll lay oh. down a couple different sets of solos and choose his favorite. And, you know, yeah, we do the same thing. Um, I mean, we throw, we do as much as we can. Like, um, my drummer is probably one of the most solid drummers in the state. Um, plays with a metronome every, every if the song is supposed to be three minutes and 33 seconds that song is gonna be three minutes and 33 seconds oh wow so yeah he doesn't he doesn't screw around and he is on it that's crazy um, if, <laughs> yeah, if you fall off that's on you to catch back up oh that's <laughs> awesome yeah he ain't stopping that's for sure no no he ain't but <laughs> well we used we used to time a um a light show to our um to our songs mm-hmm. so every song had its own specific light show so he started that up as soon as he started he start clicking in and then you're gone yep. if you get off of it. you know i but um but yeah our, so he's in he's in all the recordings our bass player does all of our, our recordings um my brother and i both do our parts our guitar our guitar work um but we have other guitar players that we do we've got um a handful that are from the nashville area um i Greg uh, Carrillo, who plays with Brett Eldridge, is on um, some of our uh, our first album. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, Brandon Autry, who plays for Chase Rice, um, he's on uh, on our first album, and we have uh, 
Now, this is my favorite because his name, you wouldn't believe his name, and this is his actual name, Pierre Luigi Salami. <laughs> he plays, uh, right? <laughs> he, he plays piano. Um, he plays for a band called Taiga. I'm not sure if it's a band or what it is because I've never heard of them. I've never actually listened to their music. But um, he used to play for Justin Bieber. Oh, that's crazy cool. Yeah, and he is super talented. Like, literally, we sent him the tracks, and, like, this is what we want. Um, and it's, um, he's, uh, his piano part is, for for one song, it's the only song that's doubled up on our first album. Um, there's a full band version, and then there's a piano-only version, a piano and my vocals only, so. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, and he literally, he, re- he literally knocked it out. He made his own thing up. Um, off of the, um, the most convoluted chord progression that I've ever written, um, he made his own uh, um, thing up and like I don't know. He had he had a um, a recording back to us in less than an hour and it was flawless. That's insane. I love it when people are just like that talented. And you're like, how does this even happen? You know? No, seriously. I want I I, I want to reach the internet and smack those people around. Like share the talent. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. Oh my gosh. And I don't see anything wrong with that. You know. Um, as, as far as like uh, an odd topic to go back to, but like having your lights set up to a click track, I love the idea of that. I mean, I for a while was looking at like bigger bands, touring rigs, and I got really into looking at bands who used uh, like Kemper and MIDI setups to run all their stuff. And a lot of that stuff is all set up to be the same way. It's all run off of a click track, and when it hits a certain time frame, a, a doohickey will tell all the stuff to switch over and uh, using MIDI, you know, to either change the channel on the guitar or whatever's going on. And it does it all to the click. So you have to play to the click. You have no choice. And I love it when people are just like, it's horrible to play to a click track. There's no breathability. And it's like, yeah, there's kind of not. But at the same time, um, the benefits of it are definitely there. Like I was in a band for a while that we played to a click track and it makes it easy to practice at home. I'll tell you that much. Right. And, and I think it builds consistency and that's always good too. But it's really nice. Like, um, when you're getting to a, um, a lull in a song where everything or, or everything calms down, the lights calm down with you, or when that buildup's going, you got that <laughs> with the drums. Um, see, that's how good of a drummer I could be. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you get the lights, you get the strobe going down or, um, at the end of this certain song, all the lights go out and all you can see is the drummer. Um, he's pulled out these uh, glow-in-the-dark sticks that every time they tap, they change colors. So they're just going wild and color. All you can see is drumsticks flying back and forth. It's Oh, cool. Pretty, pretty... Oh, that's awesome. That's sweet. Right. Yeah. I mean, there was a band, that, and they're still around, uh, named Salty View. Uh, Scott Kirkhart actually plays with them up here in the northern Iowa area, and they're definitely big on production and they were like one of the first bands i saw with a high production value where i was just like oh man yeah i guess it does matter you know because you can just go out there with like no lights and just make it simple but it's there is something to be said about production value too though so right yeah and um i mean depending on what it is we bring um trailer full of gear and we'll set up for whatever the heck we need um like we can play most of those outdoor festivals and stuff with our own gear without using a production company. And to have that stuff already programmed, ready to go, it saves so much labor later. Now, don't get me wrong. And it wasn't me that did it because I'm technologically um, stupid. 
Um, hey, you figured out Skype. You figured all this out, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I, tr- I tried. I tried to log in. I'm like, oh, I haven't used Skype in I don't know how many years now, and uh, I'm like, oh, I'll just make a new account. But apparently, I still had this number, and it's like forcing me to go through and um, find my account and everything. I finally pulled it off, so I'm you glad I started it. looking when I did. But, uh, <laughs> but um, our our drummer is the one that set all that stuff up. Now we don't use it that often. But it does come in handy um, when we get to do like opening act stuff. If we if we're using any of our own equipment, um, but it's also really nice to just walk in like for an acoustic show when it's just me. I walk in with two Bose towers and um, two um, speaker stands and two sets of four can par lights um, and just set them up um, vertically instead of horizontally, and it lights up me and the banner behind me and everything. I can literally have a show set up in less than 20 minutes by myself. That's awesome. Yeah. Those Bose speaker systems. When I first saw them like in a magazine, I'm like, there's no way these things work. And then I saw one live and I was like, Holy cow, these things sound like way better. than I thought they would. They're amazing. Have, have you ever played at uh, uh, Miss Kitty's down in Des Moines or in Clive? No, I haven't. Okay. Um, well, it's a country dance bar. Um, but I literally played there last Thursday, or last Thursday, the Thursday before, um, and it's just me, just a solo show. I'm sitting on the dance floor. The place is huge. Um, it makes Copperhead look tiny. Oh, wow. I, I just use those two, I use two Bose towers, and, I mean, they could hear me fine at the bar. They, I mean, it, I wasn't trying to push, you know, like we use, uh, if I really want to push air, We've got a set of uh, QSC 118s and a set of QSC 112s. Plus, um, with everybody in the band, we have six um, QSC 12.2s. Oh, jeez. So, oh, yeah, we can push air. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like, there there could be hearing damage, some serious hearing damage. But um, I've never been the guy that wants to be the loudest. Yeah. I just want. I, I want everybody to be able to hear everything in the band. Um, I want to, I want to make sure I don't, that's the one nice thing about the group of guys that I'm with. There are no egos in the band. I mean, there are egos. You have to have a little bit of an ego to be a musician. I think it's just how it is, mm-hmm. but nobody, nobody in our band wants to be, or has to be heard over everybody else. I don't have anybody that has to have their amp up so loud that, you know, your ears are ringing the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's something that like I've gone back and forth with in different bands that I've been in. And like last night uh, when I played a show with Jesse, we actually had this conversation. Um, I guess it's last night as of this recording, but we were talking about that where it's like, instead of chasing the sound around and like turning things up, why don't you just turn other things down so you can remain at a comfortable volume? Cause I mean, we played a show at sneakers in Fort Dodge, which is like a restaurant that has mm-hmm. bands come in. Sure. Yep. And, uh, I mean, it's like, do you really want to blow everyone's eardrums out with, like, super loud music? Even if it is, like, good music, it's like, you don't need to just destroy everyone's ears so people in the back have to, like, yell at each other to talk. I mean... And, yeah, and we went we went from having everything set up um, traditional, you know, like, well, because I think everybody started off in a in a 70s, 80s rock cover band mm-hmm. um, where you, you played um, all the Skinner and... Um, played American band and all that good stuff. And don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. And the bands that still are playing that, I mean, that's awesome. Cause there's some good music there. Um, and, uh, and I'll touch base on a few of those 
whenever I can too, play some Eagles or play George satellites or whatever. But, you know, we had the monitors in front of us, everybody's amps, you know, where they got to be and loud enough for the person who's playing them to hear them and everybody else, whatever. Um, we've went to a zero stage volume, um, which basically means I use a, a pedal amp mm-hmm. and I, I bypass the cab. I yep. go straight to the house. So my amplifier makes zero noise. And when I'm playing electric guitar, there's no stage volume whatsoever. Yep. Um, so if the, or if, uh, if I was, if everybody else stopped and I was still sitting there noodling or whatever, um, you're literally going to hear, you know, that no louder than that. Um, the only thing you'd hear is my brother's acoustic guitar and, um, the drums, which the drums that, um, that Kevin uses is, um, it's a traps kit. It's a half acoustic. Um, Hmm. like the, the bass drum is only about that wide. Oh, wow. Oh yeah. It's, it's amazing how small it is and it still takes up all the room. (laughs) (laughs) Other than the cymbals, um, everything's, everything's fairly muted. Um, bass player goes direct in. Um, he has um, his uh, pedal array um, that gives him compression, everything he needs. So he bypasses an amp. He's got an amp, but he doesn't use it. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I've got a, I've got a really nice uh, um, Fender a '68 Reverb, mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't I don't use it. It it's just it's too hot. And everybody in the band uses in ear monitors, um, so you only hear what you want to hear. If you don't want to hear my terrible guitar playing and you can just turn that down in your ears and voila. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it was <laughs> quite a stretch for me for the first time. Like, cause I played in like a punk band and it's pretty much just like, everyone's got a four by 12 cab and everyone's loud and you just go to yep. town. Um, which, you know, that's generalizing quite a bit, but then I like started playing in a metal band where everything was in ear monitors and played to a click track, et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, we all went direct in. I, I have a unit that allows me to do that, so I, I would bring that down there. And dude, it was it's awesome. It's tons of fun, like just seeing the differences in in those types of being able to like go places and play. And uh, you know, some people like we talked about earlier, like kind of turn their nose up at digital stuff, where it's just like I don't want anything to be digital going direct in and derp and derp. But it's still like yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's better than it was in the '90s. Everybody, don't worry about it. Everything sounds pretty well, good it- nowadays. There, there are there are some guys that I understand they've done enough damage to their ears that if they don't have um, something really loud, they can't hear it over everything else. But the more they do it that way, the more damage they're doing. <laughs> um, like the poor, the poor 50-year-old um, we used to have for a, a lead guitar player, he complained that he could hear, or we had the exact same cab, or his was a 73, mine was a 68 reissue. I'd have mine set to like, two and a half max and mine would be on the floor because I had in ear monitors. So sometimes if I could get away with it, I turned around and face the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the sound was really being dampened. And I thought about getting an isolation cab, but he'd have his up to where it was like head level. And um, he'd have it up to like four, which I don't know if you ever used one of those fender reverbs Four is like melt your face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Doesn't take much to so, get out of hand with some of those. Right. So if you don't have, ex- if, or I've got um, expensive in-ear monitors. I've got um, West tones that are molded to my ears. Um, but I didn't always have those. I had 
you know, the cheap, sure ones um, that weren't molded, and they let a lot of noise in. Well, hell, my left ear would be ringing at the end of the night, and I'd wonder why. Well, the lead guitar player's over here, and the cymbals are right behind me there. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I just got to the point where I'm, I'm 41 years old now. Um, I have excellent hearing, and I want to keep it that way. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's undersold um, in the in the music scene. I mean, granted, this comes from, like, being in different scenes. So, like, country music's not known to be just, like, melt-your-face loud, um, whereas, oh, like, yeah. you know, but like... Everybody, everybody that I know has started off in... I mean, my first band was a Johnny Cash tribute band. Mm-hmm. And then I went to a an all-originals rock band. Um, I've actually written more rock songs than I have country. What? Um, Are any of those yeah. out there? <laughs> No, none of the. Well, actually, they they probably are. I just don't know where to find them. I think if you get on my MySpace, um, <laughs> might be able to find them. But I don't even. I can't even find them. So. Oh, bummer. Uh, <laughs> but um, long story short, I mean, I used to have a um, a Randall um, Titan with or a solid state. I can't remember how many. I think it was just a hundred watt uh, head, but on a four by twelve um, cab and haul that thing to every show and then you know i it was just insane and then yeah i did i had a floor monitor then you could play a 45 minute set and then catch the other bands that were playing in the night and go home and your your ears would ring for days oh yeah my f- i'm i'm blindly lucky that i still have hearing at all i feel the same way so i hear it's still pretty good too but like those are the ones where you're driving home and you're just like all right good show and it's not until you lay down when everything's supposed to be quiet and you're like holy cow what is that noise <laughs> somebody answer the damn phone yeah <laughs> that's, a, that's a seinfeld reference i hope it is <laughs> oh man yeah so like let's let's kind of backtrack here then like what was was the first band you were in was the johnny cash tribute band how yep. about um before that like how did you get into guitar actually i was in the johnny cash tribute band before i could ever play guitar <laughs> they see that sweet beard and they're just like you're hired or how did that go down actually actually um if you can keep a secret i didn't have the beard <laughs> um the, the, the beard is actually new um i've only been growing well i've had a, just I've had started a growing it last week um, <laughs> Something like that, yeah. No, actually, it came up on my Facebook uh, in memories uh, this morning. Um, no joke, uh, we were doing a No Shave November um, at work. I was working in a um, in a slaughterhouse, and uh, all the guys were like, "We're going to do No Shave November. If, if you shave, I can't remember what the consequences were, but they were not good. So I wasn't shaving. <laughs> um, but at that time, I was just I was just wearing a goatee. Well, in the process, I ended up. Um, growing a beard and i mean a full beard and i thought it looked good and i kept it nice and short less than an inch like a half an inch beard um and uh and then i got um betting about football that everybody's got a beard and they're like well you can't shave your beard we're gonna do these bets um and if you lose you have to draw a a, a terrible facial hair suggestion out of a, a hat they had um just you wrote down the worst case scenario, like a Fu Manchu. Um, we're going to call the one, um, the Charlie Chaplin mustache, um, because the other way you look at it is, is horrible. Um, and you pick a football team that you think is going to go the furthest um, in the season. 
And whoever is the last one doesn't have to shave their beard into whatever mustache or whatever it is. And I had to wear a terrible, terrible mustache um, for a couple of days. That's the last time I shaved was 2013. Oh, wow. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Carolina Panthers are never, ever, ever getting my vote ever again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the they, I, I was I was the second one knocked out of this thing. There was eight guys that were that were doing this, and I was the second one knocked out. Um, and the Carolina Panthers just crapped the bed. I can't even remember who they were playing, but they should have won easy. <sighs> oh man, that's crazy though. <laughs> Your beard has like a, a fun backstory to it. That's pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got a good part. And then uh, for eight years, or not eight, quite eight years, uh, let's go with six years. Six years, it was never more than an inch, inch or two. Um, I kept it pretty tame, and then uh, everything, the world stopped um, a year and a half ago, and I, uh, I, I couldn't find, I couldn't get, I ordered some stuff online um, to help my beard stay nice, because I couldn't go anywhere to get it trimmed, and I didn't trust myself to trim it, and it was still short, um, so it was kind of hard to keep neat without screwing it up, and the last thing I want to do is have to shave. So I wouldn't. But anyway, uh, I, got, I got this stuff and I put it in my hand and I was going to put it in my face and I got a good whiff of it. And I'm like, no, I washed my hands and threw the thing away. It smelled like uh, New York cab driver air freshener. <laughs> um, and I didn't I didn't want to smell that all day. So I'm like, God, this can't be that hard. And I, like it was ten dollars for a one ounce bottle. I was like, this is ridiculous. I I feel like it just got ripped off. Um because it wasn't the scent that it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be um, a vanilla bourbon scented. Um, I was like, I can deal with vanilla. Vanilla's good. And uh, who doesn't like bourbon? Yeah. Well, uh, you know. <laughs> and, anyway, um, so I, I looked up the ingredients on how to make make it. And I ordered the ingredients. And I, I, I posted on Facebook. I said, Lord, help me. I'm going to make my own beard oil. Somebody tell me not to do this. And all I got was encouragement. I got a, I got a bunch of guys going, dude, if it works, let me know. I want to try it. Like, I'm sick of what I've got, whatever. I now own a beard oil company. No way. That is awesome. Yeah. What's it called? It's called Fat Thor Beard Oil. Sweet. Can people buy it online? Yep. All right. It on. It's actually available on uh, the band's website, which is theboysmusic.com. Yes. Um, and there's a Facebook page, and I'm terrible at updating stuff, but... Um, I get a few orders every week. Um, I make oil and wax. There's no options as far as scent is concerned um, because everything I put in there is natural. It's all organic. So I, I found one that I found a combination of the good stuff, the stuff that's good for you, and it actually smells good um, that I liked and actually haven't had any complaints about it. Everybody um, in the band uses it. Um, and uh, I got a ton of friends. I've shipped it um all over the United States, and uh, I almost shipped them some to, to um, Australia, but it ended up being it was cost effective. I was ended up losing money just to say I, I shipped some to Australia, so yeah, um, decided not to. I would either that or he would have had to buy a lot of it, and that would have been a lot on faith, yeah. So, but um, yeah, it's been fantastic and ever since then i decided well if i'm going to be selling beard oil i better have you know like a massive beard so now i'm um i'm sitting right around 14 inches hmm. 
That's like um, Iowa State Fair longest beard competition stuff right there. Well, uh, um, it's the first and only time I've ever been able to tell a woman that I've got 14 inches. So, <laughs> but down bump. That's me. That's me playing the drums. So there's my drumming for the day. <laughs> oh gosh, no, it, it was crazy, and it was uh, it was a good way for me to keep myself sane because, or the November before February, whenever when the world shut down, um, I decided I had uh, I quit my job um, working in a factory. I was building trailers. Um, and I was just, I was worn out. I was working 70 hours a week and, um, and trying to play music on top of that. And I just, I wasn't happy. I was miserable, um, getting no sleep. And I wasn't any fun to be around. Even when I was doing something that I loved, even when I was playing music, I don't think people like to be around me. So I decided enough was enough and I was going to try music. Um, so my brother and I had been down to Nashville a couple times and I don't know if you knew this, um, my twin brother is in the band. Yeah. Somebody's, I think Jesse told me like you had a twin brother and I was just like, what? Like, that's crazy. And he's in your band with you. Yeah. He's got, he's got a little baby beard going, but, um, actually (laughs) his his wife keeps giving him hell. like, you look a lot like your brother. And he's like, I can take a hint. You want me to shave? (laughs) (laughs) You just say that your big beard ate his little beard in the womb or something. I don't know. There's some joke in there. Something like that. But, um, but anyway, yeah, we've got a, um, a pretty unique harmony. That's what works best for us. And we both do well on our own too. Like when I came um, to Stratford, he was playing, um, five minutes from his house at a little bar in Copic in a town nobody's ever heard of, um, and having a blast or he was playing with, a um, a friend of ours that plays drums. He was just goofing off basically the same as what I did, Mm -hmm. but, um, he didn't have to drive very far for it, but, um, yeah, I decided, uh, um, that November that I was going to pursue music and only do music. And, uh, and then the world shut down in February. So making the beard oil and having so many people that wanted to try it. And I, I mean, I've got a professional label. Um, I made an LLC. It's all 100% legit and I make it every week fresh. It's, uh, it's well worth uh, putting on your face. All right. I know there's bearded guys out there that listen to this. Uh, and I know there's bearded guys that listen to this every single week. So get, get some of that beard oil. Uh, Lee, make sure you send me that link so I can put it down I in the description do section. Um, uh, that's, that's so cool. Like, I mean, I didn't, I had no clue that was going to come up in this convo and it's just, I'm still just yep. sitting here like that is wild. This guy over here is, you know, you, it's crazy that you quit your job and then like pretty much started your own company instead, you know, like that's pretty much what happened. I, I almost had to do something. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I've done odd things for, um, people I've, I used to do landscaping years ago. Um, I, I still do a little bit of that on the side. Um, I have other odds and ends stuff that I do if I need to. Um, I help farm. I, there's a farmer that lives 20 minutes from here. I help him with his cattle and um, run his combine when he needs it. And I mean, it is what it is, but I'm enjoying the freedom of, like, right now. I'm sitting at home on a Thursday at 4.30, and this is the most I've done, most that I've had to do today. I <laughs> I didn't, I, any, anything else I did today was not an obligation. It was uh, what I wanted to do. Yeah, that's got to be a good feeling. I, sh- I yeah. should also mention that uh, that is all you have to do today so far. 
Um, oh, yeah. If this episode is like five or ten minutes shorter than normal, it's because Lee's got a hard out. He picked up a booking, and he's he's got to take off here before too long. So i got to make sure I, I get this ended at a justifiable time. No, you're you're good, man. Like I said, it's not it's a I'm literally gonna take this guitar, put it back in its case, walk out the door, drive for two and a half minutes, and be where I need to be. Nice. So, and just... I don't I there there's no setup. So, um, I, I live in a little town called Sydney, and tonight is ladies' night out mm-hmm. on the square. So, uh, uh, a lady that I um, work for, I quote unquote work for, um, and I do a I do a um, a Facebook live there almost every Wednesday, or I had through the um, winter and everything. I just started back up last week. Usually do on Wednesday nights. Um, she owns a store there on the square and I'm going to play in there tonight for um, their ladies night. And all I've been able to think about all day is John Lovitz in the wedding singer singing ladies night. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to, I'm going to throw this out. I got caught a bunch of crap for this last week from somebody I was talking to. Uh, I've never seen the wedding singer. So what? send in the hate mail, call in if you disagree, <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> okay, here's what I need you to do. I need you to stop doing this podcast stuff. All right, shutting it down. Go out, and find, a, <laughs> go out and find a copy of The Wedding Singer and watch it. If nothing else, just for John Lovett's scene. That's that's noted. Well <laughs> <laughs> or just just look up Ladies Night The Wedding Singer and watch that little that little bit. All right. Yeah, I'll I'll have to google it at least just to it's, watch it's it. One, it's one of the few uh romantic comedies that I really got into. It's got a great soundtrack to it too. Nice. Nice. So, let's let's go back to like I'm curious about your twin brother. Did were you guys both yeah. in this Johnny Cash tribute band together? So the long story short, um we actually kind of stole the spot. Um, so this group of uh, gentlemen was uh, looking for a new singer. And uh, somebody, or my mom does um, line dancing. She does line dancing classes. Cool. Um, she likes to get out and have a lot of fun. Um, well, she went out and did karaoke or something. And one of the guys in the band said, hey, you should come audition for this band. And she's like, oh, whatever, I suppose. And my mom can sing. Um, so uh, so if she ever makes it to a show where I'm at, I'll make sure she gets up and at the very least does some harmonies because, you know, we still have that familial thing going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, she went and auditioned for this band and she goes, you know, I think what you're really looking for is uh, a guy. And she goes, I've got two of them. So <laughs> I've made you know, two of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she goes, um, you got you got to hear these guys sing. So we showed up and I'm looking at the list and I'm a little bit ashamed to say this. Um, but I think of their whole set list, I knew two songs. Yeah. So right. so and I hadn't seen anything ahead of time, didn't have much to repair. So I'm like, well, I can sing Folsom Prison <laughs> yep. like anybody can't. Um and so they played it, and I sang Folsom Prison. Well, then Adam got up there and did basically the same thing because um, he has the same music background that I do. And um, they're like, what, we, we want all of you. So <laughs> my first band, I was 26 or 27 years old. No, nah, I was 26. 26 when that one started. And uh, it was with my brother, my mom, 
and three old guys who played all the old stuff. Now, if I had to do over again, I probably would have made sure it lasted um, because I've seen what some of these tribute bands have been able to pull off. And I think I could have been doing that for a long time, making some really good money, playing some really big shows, pretending to be Johnny Cash. Yeah, man. I mean, as of the last, like, I would say the last, like, five years have been weirdly dominated by the tribute bands. Like, cover bands uh, usually dominate the scene, but when a tribute band comes around, it almost doesn't matter. Like, you, you could be, like, Million Vanilli tribute band people just be like, I'm going to see that. It's going to be amazing. You know what? I think I could lip sync with with them. I think I could do that. Put on a. Oh, you would uh, have to. A, a, a dreadlock um, um, wig and just whip it around a lot. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> you just dreadlock your beard up. No way! It can't. No, you gotta have it for the oil, man. You gotta have it for the yeah. oil. <laughs> but, um, oh yeah, there's a there's a gentleman I talked to, um, Derek Spence. He's down in Texas. He's a George Strait tribute artist. He plays with a band that does cover, but they are. He'll he played at Riverside. I don't know. He played on the main stage there. Um, they fly him all over the country to pretend to be George Strait. George Strait's still out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's got, he's out there. He's like he's learned the mannerisms. He's learned. He does. It, he tries to do exactly what he does. And he almost freaking looks like he's got broader shoulders um, because he, um, his hobby is uh, chainsaw art. So he's got a lot of time lifting a chainsaw and holding it steady and stuff so mm -hmm. i'm sure george Strait doesn't do any of that anymore so yeah i wouldn't imagine so <laughs> but but we, we got to open up for hairball um cool back in 2017 i think nice um yeah your first ever country band to open up for um hairball and as far as i know still the only cover band to ever open up for hairball um it was our first sold out crowd at the bridgeview center in atomwa there are the first time they ever sold it out. And uh, as far as I know, that still holds. That's the only time they've ever sold it out. Um, and they played a lot of stuff that I knew how to play. Mm -hmm. But they came out there with their costumes. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they made more of a show out of it. And I'm like, and I, I know how much they got paid. Yep. So I'm like, I could, I could really use that kind of pay. <laughs> yeah, just to speak generally about it, they're, uh, let's just say, the highest paid cover tribute band act that's around um the area by far but it's also oh. deserving though because like you said their production is insane they're changing clothes in between songs or like after like they'll do a couple and then it's just like well next next songs and we'll change and they got wig changes and light changes and there's pyro going off and everything so they've got three different singers and you can't hardly tell um i mean you can if you're really paying attention and i was when i got off the stage and made sure all my stuff was secure um, and put all my, all my stuff back in the green room and got um, beer out of the, um, the courtesy fridge instead of buying the $8 silo cans. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I weaseled my way all the way up to the front row because that's where um, the girl I was seeing at the time and my brother's wife was. So we made it all the way up to the front row um, to watch these guys play, and they put on a hell of a show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't, I, I, I just, that would be an awesome spot to be. I mean, could you imagine if you were in a Johnny Cash tribute band now, you could literally, you could literally charge whatever the hell you wanted to. Yeah. 
I mean, the production would even have to be like no. insane with a Johnny Cash tribute band, and you could do it solo if you really wanted to, too. So, right. if you really wanted to try and pull it off, uh, <laughs> I, you know, and that's the other thing. There's a lot of people that throw a lot of flack at not just the tribute bands, but even like the cover bands. There seems to be this weird like triad war going on between cover bands tribute bands and original only bands you know like the original only bands are playing in these dingy clubs and they're just like oh these guys are all sellouts for playing cover tunes and then you know the cover bands get booked literally anywhere they want to it seems like and then you know you know you got the tribute bands where it's like these guys only need to play like three times a month tops you know or like twice a month tops you know and they're they're already pulling in enough to cover it all so I don't know. I've I've been in a little bit of both, and I've I've traveled around the music scene in Iowa enough to kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say not care, but I, I understand the differences, and I don't really think that. I think the nuances is what makes everything enjoyable. Because there's people I've talked to that have been in both, like cover bands or tribute bands, etc. And they, a lot of them don't necessarily have a preference. You know, it's nice to play original tunes, but it's also kind of nice to play cover tunes that everyone knows. Like at Copperhead, which is one of the best places to play if you want to play tunes that make people dance. That place is always oh, yeah. full of people dancing. Oh, man. Ow. Yeah. It's, and I, I, I know um, some artists who are very territorial and they're like, well, they, they, have, they, they make these rivalries up with other um, musicians. And I think that's ridiculous. I think we're all on the same team. We should be all on the same team. Like, I'm not I'm not competing with the Jesse Wilson band. I'm not competing with Tank Anthony. I'm not competing with Luke Farland or Cody Hicks or um, any of these guys. We're not comp- we're not competing. We're all trying to build the same thing. And if we work together, I think it ends up better for everybody. A hundred percent. That's like literally the whole point of this podcast. Everyone, if we all got to know each other and saw that we're all human and all have the same passion and struggles, then we can lift each other up and help each other out. I mean, I've said for a long time, if like every, if imagine if every country artist in Iowa, like for a couple of weeks, just took the time to like promote one person in particular from Iowa. Like, let's just, for example, say it's you. Imagine how much traffic you would get in a, like a couple of weeks time. If like every cover band on their Facebook page was just like, uh, we got a new album came out. It's, it crushes, but you've also got to check out Lee Klett. You know, and then yeah. and then imagine how much traffic that would generate. So I, I know it's tough to get everyone on oh, the yeah. same page, but yeah, because like um, when if you guys if you guys were down in this area, you don't nobody knows who you guys are. Mm-hmm. Same thing when I started going up to Stratford um, and when I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be heading up to um, Fort Dodge next year um, to play my debut at bootleggers bootleggers. Yeah. Go Nate. He's been booking a lot of cool people lately. So yeah. Um, I, I, I met Nate, um, there at Stratford. Awesome guy. Um, glad I got, got a booking. Um, and I can't look at my calendar because I'm, um, recording this with, with you at the time, but, um, I believe it's, um, early February. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's, but see. anyway, um, long story short, it'll be on uh, it'll be on our Facebook page. I've already made an event for it and everything. Um, our Facebook page is the Boys Iowa. Um, if you look it up, it's the easiest thing to find. Um, so uh, yeah, our entire schedule's on there, and uh, you can also have access to our music. We have we have one album out there, and we have uh, a few singles that are only available on our website, which again is the boys Ah, cool. And, uh, 
Um, well, we want to release them as an EP. We don't want to release them all to every platform until we have the full EP. Yep, I understand so that. And COVID kind of slowed that down, and we should be really freaking close. Um, one of the songs that I wrote, because um, my brother also writes, and he is insanely quick at it. Um, like, if you gave him an idea, like, say, uh, you wanted a song about um, a frog that jumped over a um, neighbor's fence. I don't know what the hell this story's about. I'm just making that up as I go. I just looked over. I looked out the window, and I see the neighbor's fence. Um, I don't know where the frog came from. But he could literally put something together for you by tomorrow. That's crazy. I love it. And the worst part about it is, or best or worst, whatever you want to call it, I'm jealous. It would, it, it would be good. It would be, it would be something you would be proud of. God, that's nuts. I love it when people can write songs that fast. And I mean, that's like, there's some people in my area where I'm like, these guys are some of the most talented, you know, songwriters in the area. I love them to death. And then you go to play songs with them at jam nights or whatever, and you fill in playing leads, and you're like this song is just basic chords and it's like, but they're the ones that put the words to the chords and put the chords in order, you know? And it's like, how did they right. do it? And that's, it just blows my mind that they can do that, you know? So. Well, I tell you, one, one of the things, um, or the song that I'm working on right now, and I've got a notebook, um, actually sitting right here that probably has 15 or 20 songs started on that. I'm not done with it. takes me, um, some songs has taken me years to write. Um, other songs, um, it takes me a month, other a couple weeks. Um, I just started one last week, and what inspired the chord progression, because I have to have the music before I can write the lyrics. I mean, I can I can start the lyrics, but how they flow doesn't work until I have the chord progression. Mm-hmm. So I went down, or we played... Uh, at Old Threshers down in Mount Pleasant. I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with that festival. Uh, but uh, it's huge. Um, Lori Morgan was there um, this this year. Lori Morgan was there on Friday. We played Friday and Sunday. Um, and uh, Rodney Atkins was Sunday. And I'm trying to remember who was there on Saturday. Oh, it's Craig Morgan. All right. Uh, so, yeah, they get some good names there. And it's a pretty big deal. Um, but we ended up playing in the barn, which, um, is where they do square dances. And, uh, I don't mean to disparage any certain type of people, but square dancers are the devil. Um, (laughs) it's not my favorite thing, but I'm also blown away that people can do it. I can't, I can't dance at all. So, well, all you gotta do is listen to the caller. The caller tells you what to do. Yeah, but I, I I can't follow along that fast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh well um well we we got the chance to meet some uh some other musicians um which is awesome because we don't get to do that same thing when i came to strapper and you and played with you guys i don't know if or when i ever would have met you guys if that hadn't happened yeah so i'm kind of got double booked yeah i mean it was a b- blessing in disguise it was kind of like a little nice little happenstance to have us meet each right. other so and it, it was so fun. The place was packed, um, oh, yeah. and uh, the food's great. And I mean, yeah. it was just a good time all around. But um, and I just realized I'm wearing the same shirt I was wearing that day. I because they did a costume contest or costume party, 
and I went the cheap and easy way. I just put on flannel, and um, I was a lumberjack. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was singing the lumberjack song to someone the other day, um, <laughs> believe it or not. But anyway, um, our, we got thrown into or we had our a band backed out um that was going to do the square dancing well the square dancing or square dancing bands are usually like bluegrass mm-hmm. and uh there just happened to be a banjo player there that i had met on friday um i was like they want us to play three rounds of square dance music and play our stuff in between each round i don't know how to play square dance music because i don't play square dance music he just says just play one four one five you'll be fine so we did. We played one four one one five, and we did make it through. But um, to back that up, the contacts I made there, um, the banjo player was in a band called Fine Line, and they do exclusively um, uh, bluegrass music. And it's I, I I love the sound of a fiddle. I love the sound of a stand up bass. Um, I love the sound of a banjo, and I know that's. Um, creepy to most people but um (laughs) i i I like listening to other types of music and everything well um these guys invited me down to actually they invited everybody in the band but i was the only one that had the time to go um down to bloomfield um for a bluegrass festival and like bring guitar hang out said you don't have to play if you don't want to said but you can jump in these circles and play you know to your heart's content and he said it's none of it's hard it's all it's typically one, four, one, five. And if you get, or instead there'll be an abundance of people playing guitar. So you can follow along watching somebody else play. Um, and I play left-handed. Um, I don't know if you can tell that from the video or if it's got me flipped around here. Um, but I play lefty and, uh, um, so I'm used to watching right-handed hand movements to see how I'm supposed to play. Um, so following along shoot for me, but um, I literally sat and played for hours, played for like seven hours straight, just going around and around with these these um, people. And um, one of the guys that was there, he played, he said he, one of the songs he wanted to play, he played a lot of fun, fun songs. He, I, I'm not even kidding. Um, one of his songs was called The Portage Online. <laughs> and it was literally... It was it was a it was a disturbing love story, um, where uh, he met the love of his life waiting for the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> Blue, bluegrass, they're they're a lot of fun. Oh yeah, um, it's it's the metal of the acoustic world, <laughs> right? <laughs> these guys are, these guys were all fun, and the the scary part was for me anyway there was like literally no one in my age range, like within 10 years, I was safe. There was nobody under or between 50, thir- between 30 and 50. It was pretty much just me. Um, under, or there was, there were some teenagers there and there were, um, a plenty of, plenty of old timers and, uh, oh, we had so much fun. And, uh, this, this old boy, oh no, actually it didn't even happen there. Um, I met this, uh, family, um, that, uh, the kids are 12, 14, 16, and 18. And um, the two youngest are boys, two oldest are girls. But um, I met their mom. And I said, I, I told her when I was, because I had to, unfortunately, I had to leave. Um, I said, whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. I said, because these kids are super talented and they're super polite. And I mean, they're 
everything that I would like. I, I, my kids can play a little bit or my son can play a little bit, um, but he doesn't have any desire or drive to do it. So um, I wish I could get him convinced because they played everything. The The youngest boy played the washboard. The um, the 14-year-old played stand-up bass, regular bass. Um, the 16-year-old played guitar, fiddle, and mandolin. Oh, um, cool. The oldest girl played dobro and guitar. Um, like, seriously talented. But they're all playing four, or, you know, 12-bar blue progressions. Um, mm-hmm. So they're really easy to follow. But anyway, I got invited to another thing with these guys. And this old boy um, was there, and he played a version of You Are My Sunshine. And it was the most disturbing thing you've ever heard. Oof. Um, because he played every everything he played, he played in minor chords. So oh, the song yeah. that I'm writing now was inspired by that. I, there's two major chords in the song, but the entire chorus and half of the um, the verses are all minor chords. And it gives it like a really dark feel. I really dig it. Mm-hmm. But I never would have learned that if I hadn't gone to that um, that festival. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's wild, you know, and that's, that's, you can learn from different musicians, different genres and things like that, you know, and that's something you can learn. You can learn from everybody. Right. And it's one of those things that if you don't put yourself out there, if you don't, if you don't listen to our, I'm going to throw out an artist, but um, if you don't listen to Justin Bieber or um, Shakira or um, some hip hop stuff, Pitbull, or I guess I don't really have much to do with most of that anyway. But if you don't actually listen to it, see what are they doing here that's different than what I'm doing? Like how do I how do I make the next song that I write original? Because there are some artists out there that are literally like if you want to play Waylon Jennings, it's E A and B. Mm-hmm. Almost exclusively. Yep. And nothing wrong with that. But it leaves it kind of boring. Yep. So I mean when you can literally slide from one song to the next to the next song without stopping because you're playing the same exact progression, it gets kind of old. So I try to switch it up. I try to make every song that I write a little bit more unique. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how this one ends up. And then to see, because I didn't have, or when I started playing it, I didn't have any words. And the first thing that came out of my mind, I just start like you would do on a guitar where you're noodling. Um, I do the same thing with, lyrics i just whatever falls out of my mouth and if it works then i write it down <laughs> yeah well, that's pretty cool i oftentimes wonder how different people come up with their lyrics for stuff sometimes that's how it works other times um i literally i was in a mood um a few weeks ago and i was i wasn't anywhere near my um, guitar or anything and i haven't got any music written down for this but i literally sat down and dictated to my phone an entire course for a song. And I know, I know that it'll work, but I haven't actually worked it in yet. And, uh, it's not one that I'm in a particular hurry for. Um, my brother makes it made a joke. Um, one day we're gonna have to make a couple different albums. One of the albums is going to be Adam tries to make you, um, laugh, which Adam is my brother, by the way. All right. Um, and, uh, and the other album is going to be Lee tries to make you cry. Um, <laughs> I, I so I don't want to get too uh, um, too down on anything or anything like that. 
but um, recently had um, some loss in my family, um, and uh, it hit me pretty hard, and it still gets to me on occasion. Um, but I lost my oldest son last summer, and so most of my writing in the last um, year and a half have been has been about loss, has been about um, grief. So, yeah, I get what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you write about what you know, though, too. You can't just make stuff up about things you don't know. And, you know, a right. lot of it comes from emotions, too. You know, it's what you're feeling at the time. So I'm sorry to hear that, too. I appreciate that. Thank you. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm – anytime I can get anything written down that I can call a completed song, because the last song I wrote had nothing to do with um, – with sorrow um it was uh, it's called uh, you ain't taking my guns it was pretty much just a, a shot at um well i don't want to do politics or anything like that either but i kind of lean towards the the leave me the hell alone yeah um and <laughs> i like how you didn't specify a direction <laughs> it's just like leave me alone well, that's, that's where i fit in try i i am i honestly could care less about most politics all I care about is what affects my my wallet. If it's going to take more money in my wallet, I'm against it. So, I, I I don't I don't side either way, but I I have a specific leaning, um, and there are certain things, certain liberties that I don't want to give up, and one of those is my right to own firearms. So, um, and uh, I wrote a song about it, and I or and that was another one of those where. Um, I was inspired by another song that I picked up. Um, I was, um, we were playing a handful of songs that were in drop D I hadn't done. Um, I hadn't written anything in drop D before. So I decided I wanted to do that. So I wrote a song in drop D that's awesome. Yeah. That's another one where I, I always turn my nose up at drop D cause I'm just like, ah, making your single finger bar chords, you, you know, cheating. But then it's like, you can also play like really cool kind of like, I don't want to say Appalachian mountain man kind of music with it, but you kind of can, you know, and it's makes it that much more fun. Plus you kind of like have half the guitar set up for slide guitar already. So it's kind of neat. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, if, I, if only you slide now, um, or there's just a, there's a handful of songs that when you play them, you can play them without doing drop D, but it makes them so much better if you do. Yeah. Um, for, for instance, fish in the dark, that, that, um, the rhythm in that song in drop D is so much different than if, if you're playing, um, a bar or, or if you're playing a D with your um, top three strings open, you're hammering on that a string, um, it makes a huge difference where instead of playing a a D down here mm -hmm. in standard tuning. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then like um, uh, the song uh, "Brothers Osborne Ain't My Fault." If you want to do the the intro line on that song, you better be in drop D. It. Just, well, no, no, that's not that's not one. Um, Shoot me straight. That's it. Um, if you want to be able to do that, you better be in drop D. Otherwise, it's going to be there's chords in there that you just can't do with one hand, or at least I can, I'm not that talented. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, some of those intro licks and everything, they make, they make the song. Yep. Like if I, start, if I start playing, dun, 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 and it, you hear, you hear that and you're like, Oh my God, nitty gritty dirt band. Mm -hmm. Everybody recognizes that, but 
Mm-hmm. I uh, I do want to say that it is uh, past the time I said I was going to let you go. I know it's not too far of a drive for you, but I don't want to be the reason you're late to a show. So uh, I'm just going to oh. recap a couple things. Uh, he talked about his social media. There will be links for that down below, as well as the website. The Beard Oil Company, there will be links for that down below. Don't forget to send those to me. I'll, I'll bug you about it later. Um, and we'll get everything else taken out care of in the messenger section of this. But, uh, Lee, I do have to say, it was amazing to see you play at Copperhead. It was amazing to play with you. You even came up and did harmonies with Jesse when he was singing, which was, like, insane, too. Uh, this, I mean, it, I'm glad you took time out of your day to sit down and do an interview, too. I really appreciate that. This is good, or this is helpful to you, and it's helpful to me. And then, like I said, I never had a chance to meet you guys before, and I'm really looking forward to catching you again. I oh, appreciate that very much. Um, is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you want to fold in here before we take off? I I, I think we're good, man. Uh, I really appreciate you having me on, and I'm like I said, I can't wait to see you guys again. Uh, um, looking forward to um, jamming with Jesse and getting. Uh, um, getting some stuff on paper maybe. And, uh, um, yeah. And someday I'm going to steal your bass player. Um, <laughs> I love my bass player, but you got your bass player is insane. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't believe how talented that kid is. Well, we just started splitting time with him with tank Anthony. So he just joined tank Anthony's band playing bass with them. I don't know if it's permanent, but oh. he's, but he's been filling in there for the last few months. So damn. Yeah. He's, he's a talented I, youngster. I, I told him, I said, I said, if he keeps up doing what he's doing, I said, if he goes anywhere, he goes down to Austin, he goes down to Nashville, some band is going to snatch him up. He'll be touring. Uh, yeah, in a heartbeat. Yeah. All it's going to take no, is no, no. Yeah, it's, all it takes is exposure. He's just going to have to get out on stage a few times and the word will spread itself. You know, the kid's crazy. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and <laughs> is it, my, my, my bass player is talented. Um, he's only been a bass player for a couple of years now. Um, but hey, same with Owen. He was he played. <laughs> what's that? Same. Yeah, same yeah, with but, Owen. <laughs> my, my, yeah, my my bass player is a couple years older though. Um, he was a guitar player. Um, and he still plays. He still plays decent guitar. Um, but we were looking for a bass player, and he was running sound for us, and he wanted a better role. So, but um, he literally, if he could, he would literally find a shadow to stand in to play, because he doesn't want the spotlight. He just wants to play, and he's damn good at what he does but he doesn't need anybody to see him do it. It sounds like a basis whereas, to me. Well, whereas Owen, he's got a little bit of showman in him. And yeah, I think, I think that kid, if I don't, if I don't hear about him, uh, being stolen by, uh, some traveling act, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. The kid's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I'm mean, shout out to Owen. Um, Lee, uh, the boys, uh, check out all this stuff down below. Check out the beard oil company. Don't go away, Lee. I'm going to end the recording, and then I'll, I'll bid you adieu. Do your thing, man. Bid you adieu. What a fancy man I am. Oh, it was really cool to sit down and talk with Lee. Uh, you know, it, it's weird meeting people in the scene and sitting down talking with them. And I've talked, I mean, I've been doing this for like three years now, and it's kind of cool to sit down and be like, everybody's like a real human being there's so many people out there that are just nice guys and, and we're all just like playing guitar and it's like a hobby that's gone awry to the point where we're playing all the time all over the state and driving places for it and 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 yeah i mean you get paid for it but i mean we're taking time out of our day to practice and go to these places and do all this stuff 
but I think it's just because we love it so much, you know? Uh, I mean, that's why I go to jam nights and everything else, and it's fun to just goof around and play music, I think. So uh, hats off to everybody out there goofing around playing music. Uh, speaking of goofing around playing music, Lee and the boys are everywhere. I looked up other social media. They're still booking shows, and, I mean, it seems like every about every week they add another couple shows. So go check them out. Like I said, they're everywhere. They're not just sticking around one small area they're playing all over the state they're getting out of the state sometimes uh he's coming up near us i guess us being like the north central iowa area which is where i am based out of so uh check them out at fort dodge at bootleggers we talked about that a little bit in this episode as well all that information's on the social media down below check out the beard oil company that is super cool uh i don't even have a beard and i want to buy some maybe i'll just buy some for a gift for some people for christmas i don't know we'll see what happens uh, it, that's a sweet thing, like uh, just something something he was doing to take up some time and he figured out how to do it and he had a beard and whammo before you know it, beard oil company, legit, like licensed and everything, so uh, check it out, uh, links for that are down below as well, so hats off to Lee for being pretty sweet, uh, it, like, I, like I said, it's just cool to meet all these people and then you sit down and actually talk with them one on one and that's kind of why I'm doing these podcasts because it kind of gives you guys an opportunity to see what these people are like and to realize these people are all really cool people you can you know they're approachable you can talk to them they're friendly and uh it's just been a fun time doing this uh you know it's kind of cool because it feels like after i took a week off it was like the first week i'd ever taken off on the podcast now it feels like a rejuvenation of some sort where i'm like kind of reflecting on the the previous three years i've been doing this which is also kind of mind-boggling i've been doing this for over three years so hats off to everybody listening if you like the podcast and you want to support monetarily you can do so by checking out the patreon page video versions of the podcast are available there it's a dollar a month that's twelve dollars a year for all the episodes on video versions uh, also there is the audible farm shop there are some new t-shirts available if anyone's been to audiblefarm.com lately you've seen that reflected on the website so uh, go to shop.audiblefarm.com check out the shop there's t-shirts there I'm running out of sizes, but I do have some. I did make another, or I uh, did have another order come in recently and uh, sold sold that off. So uh, appreciate everyone that's been buying the T-shirts lately. Um, like I said, I'm I'm running low. The cla- I got plenty of the classic style shirts. So if anybody wants any of the classic style shirts, I've got those available as well. And uh, if you want to support non-monetarily, guess what? You're doing it right now by listening. If you've listened this far through the outro banter, I appreciate you very much. Uh, Just like, subscribe, share, retweet, do all the fun stuff, comment on some posts. Let me know what you thought of the episode. Uh, Hit me up in person. uh, Use the social media. And like I said, if you're listening on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, I think I'm out for this week. I got to actually... As I'm doing this work, I've got to sit down here in just a little bit and do another episode with somebody else. So uh, hats off once again to Lee for sitting down talking with me. Thank you guys for listening very much. Um, Thank you guys very much for listening. There, that's better. All right, I'm out of here. Peace.